Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 17, Service Up. This is part two of a two-part telling. Donald pulled his mind from the past and looked over to Gordon. Even though Gordon was probably in his late 70s, he looked half Donald's age. Gordon, what's up? he asked. After a minute, Gordon looked up, his eyes coming from far away. Hey, Donald. Oh, just a problem I'm working through. Well, is there anything I can help with? Donald asked. Gordon looked at him for a long time, considering. No, I suppose you know I made a deal a while back. Donald slid in the booth opposite Gordon. Yeah, Dad told me. I guess right after you did. He didn't seem happy about it. No, it was one of the worst fights we had. He wouldn't talk to me for quite a spell. He never talked to me about it after the one time. And he never did tell me what you sold for, Donald said. Sherryanne stood beside them, a hand on hip. You want coffee? she asked Donald. Yeah, thanks, Donald looked up as Sherry left to get coffee. Oh, it's not important, Gordon said. Like all deals, it was stupid, very stupid. Donald had known for a long time what he would sell his soul for. Known since he was 16 and broken-hearted, but knowing and doing he found out were very different things. Sherry Ann returned with two cups of coffee and slid into the booth beside Donald. Donald took the coffee. Thanks. Gordon looked at Sherry Ann as she sipped her coffee, shrugged and continued. Well. I may have found a way out. I think, just maybe, I have a secret that can release me from my deal. Donald and Sherry looked at Gordon, then to each other. That's not possible, Sherry Ann said. My brother did a deal with the judge. A little over six years later, he was dead. Never found out what he sold for. Just fucking stupid, if you ask me. Yeah, I never heard of anyone getting out of a deal. Not ever, Donald said. Yeah, you're right. But I know something. Something that will make a difference, Gordon said. What is it? Sherry Ann asked. Well, I can't tell you. Wouldn't make any sense to you anyway. Neither of you being marked. Marked? That's what it's called when you make a deal. You're marked. In fact... There's a soot smudge on your forehead of everyone that has made a deal, Gordon said. I've never seen that, Sherry Ann said, Donald nodding beside her. Well, of course not. You've got to be marked to see it, Gordon frowned. Anyway, I think I just got a chance, but i got to do something that's a bit dangerous, and I'm not sure about it. Donald looked at Gordon. What are you contemplating doing, he asked. I'm going to kill the judge, Gordon said. Kill the judge? You can't kill the judge. He's the devil. 
How in hell can you kill the devil? Donald asked. Well, try to kill the judge. I just want to get his attention. Then I can force him to let me go, Gordon replied. I still don't get it, Sherry Ann said. Gordon smiled as if a great weight lifted. This is going to work, he said. Thanks, I weren't sure, but just talking out loud has made up my mind. What? I'm confused, Donald said. What's going on? I'm going to the crossroads tonight to have another meeting with the judge. Gordon took a sip of coffee. I thought once you went, the judge would never show again for you. Didn't Jacob just about camp out there for months after Mary Lou died? Sherry Ann asked. Yep, but I know there's a young fellow meeting with him tonight. Know it for sure. I just got to bust in, Gordon said, and grinned and dug into his breakfast. Sherry Ann looked at Gordon, then at Donald and shrugged. You done, hon? She asked Donald. Huh? He said. Yeah, thanks. Sherry Ann stood, picked up the cups and left. Donald watched Gordon eat. So you've made up your mind? Gordon nodded, his mouth full of egg and toast. He paused, chewing, and grinned. Okay, then. Let me know how it goes, Donald said as he pulled himself from the booth. He stood for a second watching Gordon, then turned and went back into the kitchen. Several minutes later, he heard Gordon telling a joke to Sherry Ann as he paid for his breakfast. Gordon laughed, and Donald heard the bell above the door ring as Gordon left. Donald realized that if things went well tonight, he probably would never see Gordon again. He wished he had stayed and talked with him longer. He never said goodbye. A sadness slipped over him. Well, he was in better spirits, Sherry Ann said as she walked into the kitchen. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's planning, he said. Oh, he'll tell us next time he's in, in great detail, she said and laughed. Maybe not. If it works the way he thinks, he may never come back. Remember, he's an old man now, even if he doesn't look it. Shit, I never thought of that. I'm going to miss him. Yep, me too. They were quiet for a minute, then the bell rang, and Sherry left to seat the new customers. The rest of the day went by as days do. Customers came and went. Donald shifted from eggs to burgers, then, at about 8.30, he started cleaning up, scraping down the flat top. By nine, Sherry Ann had her coat on. Donald let her out. He flipped the lights off and locked up. See you tomorrow, she said over her shoulder. See you tomorrow, he said, and walked around the diner to the back of the building where he lived. It was cold, not see your breath cold, but cold enough. He unlocked his small home. It had changed little since it was his parents. It had settled. The sagging couch, half covered with an old blanket, sat against the wall. The chairs were all threadbare. Time had worn everything down. Like the diner, its best days were long past. With a sigh, he sat heavily in the chair. He sank in as it molded to his familiar body. He turned on the TV. Nothing was on. There never was, but it killed time. He flipped the channels aimlessly, then turned the TV off. Midnight was still a couple hours away. He thought about Gordon. Donald wished he'd asked more questions, found out more about what Gordon knew. He pushed himself from the chair his decision made. 
He grabbed his truck keys from the plate that had been by the door since before he was born, and where his dad's keys had been for so many years before his own had replaced them. His truck squawked as he climbed in. He backed up, the transmission growling, and turned the headlights on as he pulled out onto the highway. He knew where he was going. What he had told no one, not even after 40 years, is that he knew exactly where the crossroads were. In 20 minutes, he pulled off 89, half a mile from the crossroads, and turned off the truck. He looked up at the sky. It was dark, with no moon, but thousands of stars. He walked across the field until he could see the crossroads. He sat down to wait. After a few minutes, he realized it wasn't as dark as he'd first thought. As he looked around, he could see the yard lights of several farms, some near, many farther away. To the east, he could see the soft glow from the city. He became aware of the small sounds of the night, small creatures going about their nightly business. The grass rustled off to his left, an owl called, and further off, a coyote yipped. He sat for a while, enjoying the air, when he heard a rattling. In the distance, a truck was coming. Donald perked up as the truck drove into sight. He recognized it. It belonged to an old farmer named Alan. He and his wife came to the diner for lunch every once in a while. The truck rattled along. It slowed as it approached the crossroads. It made a turn, then stopped. Its headlights pointed almost directly at Donald. Even though he was far enough away he could not be seen, he crouched lower. The headlights were weak, but they turned the black around Donald solid. He closed his eyes, hoping to get his night vision back. When he opened his eyes, the truck was pulling away from a lone figure, barely visible, standing at the crossroads. The truck rattled away, and the night returned to the quiet. Donald watched the figure as he set down a guitar case and looked around. The roar of a V8 engine split the night. Bright headlights came on, lighting the figure from the waist down and the road beyond. The figure spun, surprised by the sudden appearance of the car. As Donald watched, a tall man in a suit stepped out. Donald knew this man. It was the judge. The two figures stood in the car's headlights, talking. Donald could hear their voices, but not what was being said. The figure handed the guitar case to the judge, then pulled a gun on him. Donald strained to see what would happen next, when he heard from his right the sound of a semi. Donald looked, but saw nothing there. Then, just as the semi reached the two figures standing on the road, the lights flared on and the semi-truck crashed into them. With a smashing, roaring sound that carried across the fields, the truck crashed violently into the car. From his position, Donald could not see what happened to the two men. The truck, he realized, was Gordon's rig. It careened into the ditch and rolled over. It was quiet again, except for the tinkle of broken glass and the tick of hot metal. The judge came walking back onto the road, straightening his tie. Behind him, the car reformed with a shimmer like heat over a blacktop. Donald saw the other man stand up and walk toward the ditch where Gordon had stepped from the wreckage of his rig. Gordon staggered, then fell. The man knelt beside him. Donald didn't want to see any more. He was sure he'd just seen his friend die. He had known him for as long as he was alive. Gordon was more than just a friend. He had been family. Donald, crouching in the tall grass, crept back to his truck and, as quietly as he could, headed back the way he had come. 
He didn't turn the lights on till he was sure he was far enough down the road. He wasn't sure what it all meant. With Gordon dead, did that mean he was now in hell? Or was he free from the judge? Did Gordon actually get what he wanted? He didn't think he would ever know. The next morning, Donald woke late and had to rush to get the diner open on time. Sherry Ann was late again, but only by a few minutes, and it really didn't matter. There were no customers. It was nearly ten. One booth had a couple having breakfast. A trucker had stopped for coffee and was sitting at the bar when a very new-looking rig pulled in. Air brakes hissed, and Gordon jumped down with a grin on his face. He marched across the parking lot and stepped into the diner. Morning, he called with a grin. Gordon, I didn't expect to see you again, Donald said. Gordon sat down at the counter, grinning. What you talking about? All that shit you were spouting about yesterday. Gordon's grin shriveled slightly. Oh, that. That weren't nothing. Donald looked at him. Gordon looked back. His smile split his face. Hey, did you see my new rig? Donald glanced out at the parking lot at the shiny cab-over semi-trailer. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Looks sharp. She's a beaut, Gordon said, still grinning. Donald looked at Gordon for a second. Same old? Yep, the usual, Gordon said with a big grin. Donald smiled back, then returned to the kitchen and got to work on Gordon's food. He didn't see when Gordon left. His day continued and ended as so many had before, a constant routine that his father had followed that he too followed his entire life. At the end of the day, he said goodnight to Sherry Ann and locked up. He stood and looked out into the night. He walked round back to his house. A truck roared by on the highway as he opened the door. He stood in the doorway of the house that had been his parents. Donald looked around the small room. He noticed the sagging furniture, the single table, the tiny kitchen that his mum had spent time in, and wondered, where was he in this house? In all the years he had been here, he had not changed one thing. It was his parents' house still. He sat in his father's chair and thought about Gordon. He would never really know what happened after he left the crossroads. It was obvious Gordon would continue to serve the judge. Donald thought about his own life, a life lived in service. He served every day of his life to a memory of the one. He had flipped eggs, burgers, and kept a shrine to the memory of the one. He watched the world through the windows of his diner. I hope you've enjoyed the conclusion of Service Up. Tune in next week for Radio SHP 666, Back Road Radio, the voice of Hard Place. Thank you.